Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, your host, and I have a very, very interesting and exciting guest tonight. But before we get started, if you want to reach me, you can email me anytime at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. If you miss part of the show, you can hop on over to my iTunes page where you can also listen to hundreds of other episodes of Talk with Francesca. And if you want to know what else is going on, including upcoming shows, giveaways, visit my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. This show is sponsored by Terabia Restaurante in the North End. When you will only accept the absolute best in Italian food, great service, and an intimate setting, Terabia is your go-to spot. I know because it also happens to be my favorite. And there's parking. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. All right. Stuck at home with your partner? Relieve pandemic stress with sensual and sexual pleasure. Hmm, couples living through this phase of increased togetherness with COVID-19 have a unique opportunity to live out their sexual ambitions, says Dr. Diana Wiley, better known as Dr. Diana, who is a sex therapist who is also my guest this evening. She's written the book Love in the Time of Corona. She says it's a great time to refresh and renew your relationship while in quarantine. Well, you do have more time together, so you might as well make the most of it. Welcome, Dr. Diana. Thanks for joining us tonight on Talk with Francesca. Thank you, Francesca. It's it's just wonderful to be with you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in sex therapy? Yes, we have to go back about 35 years. Okay. And just, I was just living briefly, in California a, at yep. the time yep. in Palo Alto, and uh, I had... Um, finished a course, I had a two-year course, so I got my master's as a marriage and family therapist, which I'm also licensed as a marriage and family therapist. And um, so in California, you have to do 3,000 hours of an internship before you can go to Sacramento and take the licensing exams. So um, one of my internships was at the VA in Menlo Park, mm-hmm. and these the, the guys that were there at the time uh, were all inpatient substance abuse ward, and um, they uh, the the administration thought that it would be a good idea for these guys to have some sex education because most of them had not ever had sex, made love when they were sober. Uh. they'd uh, they'd all only had sex when they were either intoxicated or high on some other drug. Oh boy! So I discovered I was really good at talking to these folks. And I love the subject. Um, I happened to grow up in a, a really happy household, and that's a, unusual these days. Um, I had secure attachment, and I got the facts of life from my parents given without shame or embarrassment. Uh-huh. So I got off to a good start yes. around sexuality. Yeah, for sure. Okay, all right. Um, so, okay, so we're going to uh, talk a little bit about this pandemic and... Um, 
you know, I wonder with, it's, it seems like it's getting a little ramped up again, um, that couples are going through this extended period of forced togetherness. So what can couples do then to thrive and grow during this time? Well, I like to say that couples need to use this time to expand their sensual and sexual relationship and maybe even rekindle the sparks of passion. Um, I'm in Seattle, Washington, and um, a, a local guy who's actually famous internationally is John Gottman. Oh, I've heard he, of him, yeah. Yeah. He is, has done research for now over 40 years. And um, so recently he did some research and found out that 70% of the couples said that their lives had deteriorated in the bedroom. Mm. And they just weren't having very much fun with each other. And there have been some other recent studies, not too many uh, since the COVID started, um, but uh, another study was done at... Um, UCLA, and it found that um, couples talk for just 35 minutes a week, and this is uh, children, of course, with small children, Mm -hmm. Um, and it makes it harder for them to connect with small children because they're so very busy. (laughs) But 35 minutes a week and mainly talking about errands and uh, other Soccer games. It's not very much time. Yeah, yeah. They're not really taking care of the relationship, uh, or we can even say that maybe their curiosity in one another has died. Mm -hmm. Do you think that can be rekindled? Oh, absolutely. I see it all the time. I do my, uh, I have my private practice, um, of course, conducted via Zoom these days, uh, ever since the pandemic started, and um, and going back um, almost 35 years, I've seen transformations in people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one reason, even though I'm in my 70s, I have no plans to retire. It's such deeply satisfying work mm-hmm. to see people have transformations and, um, and uh, people are happier and healthier. Mm-hmm. And healthier, we may talk about that, that how right. there are lots of studies that show that sex is really good for your health. And we need extra boosts for our immune system these days. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I was just having a conversation, as a matter of fact, just the other day with a friend um, who was in um, an interesting relationship, um, married. But, um, you know, like so many couples, they're sleeping in uh, separate bedrooms. And to me, you know, and oftentimes that happens because one of the couple, one of the two snores, right? I'm sure you've heard that a zillion times. Oh, sure. But to me, if, you're, if you start in a separate bedroom, I think you've just kind of done yourself in. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it, it kind of depends on, on the relationship and what stage it's in. Uh, you know, more and more couples over 50 are doing this LAT arrangement, living apart together, and I have a fabulous marriage. Um, we, my husband and I, have been together ten years. Uh, we've been married for two and a half, and we still live apart. We're about twenty minutes apart. And he has a home not too far away, and I'm in just uh, in downtown Seattle. 
Living apart and, together, uh, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and so it really works for us, and more and more couples are doing that. You know, you've heard about the five love languages. Yep. Yes, uh, I actually and, interviewed Dr. Chapman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But mm. there may be a sixth love language, and that's freedom and space. Mm. And for couples that don't have children, I mean, my husband and I have, have our children are long launched. And they're, I have grandchildren, so does he. And so we can live apart, and we see each other Wednesdays, afternoons, evenings. He comes here. Weekends, I go to his place. And it works out really well, and we have a very robust sex life. Mm. It's, and it's so deeply satisfying. So, yeah, the snoring part I get and couples <laughs> not li- having the same, but it depends upon your reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and there are solutions for snoring. Now, some couples that live, uh, that sleep in separate bedrooms will cuddle, will maybe have it maybe will have sexual relations before they go to their separate bedrooms. Right, right. But you have to figure out ways to be intimate if you're going to be right. in separate bedrooms. Sure. What about a, a attraction that has waned? So you talk about, you know, the couple that focuses on the children, and then, you know, they've they, their bedroom activity has, you know, pretty much gone by the wayside, and then they wake up one day and it's like, yeah, I just don't have an attraction to him or to her anymore. And so you're saying, see, I, I find that very hard to believe that if you've lost your interest in someone, you've, if you're not sexually attracted to them anymore because of whatever it is that has, has stopped the attraction. And I think sometimes it can be this, you don't really know how to communicate, so you have problems and then you drop them and you have a problem, you drop instead of talking it through. But I find it hard to believe that then you can be uh, get attracted to one another again. Am I wrong about that? Uh, no, you're, you're, you, there's a lot that's right about what you say. And uh, uh, attraction, chemistry, is hard to define. But, but you know, you, couples fell in love in the beginning. And then uh, Helen Fisher... Maybe you've heard of her. Yes. She's done some wonderful studies. Yeah. Um, she was a professor at Rutgers. She's now retired. But she had access to a functional MRI, so she was able to study a lot of couples' brains. They were newly in love, and then she also looked at brains of couples that had been together a long time. And in the beginning stages of a relationship, there's lots of testosterone running and dopamine. And dopamine is the hormone of arousal, and it needs novelty. Well, you're new to each other. You can't keep your hands off each other. You stay up till 3 in the morning talking. Those are the early stages. It can feel like you're on speed. Uh, You know, you just can't get enough of each other. Somewhere at around a year and a half to three years, Actually, those brain chemicals and the body chemicals change. And then there's more oxytocin, which has been dubbed the cuddle chemical mm-hmm. and, um, and the anti-divorce drug because it's a positive feedback loop. The more we're touched, the more we want to be touched. And, and so you get more uh, in the later stages of, of a relationship, you get more of that oxytocin and also vasopressin, which is a bonding hormone. Um, so you go from feeling like you're on speed to uh, a deep, 
deeper friendship. But those new uh, brain chemicals that uh, the the oxytocin and the um, vasopressin can push down the testosterone and the dopamine. So you have to be very creative. Uh, if first of all, you have to get together and decide what you want to do about your marriage. If you felt or your a committed relationship, or if you felt like the zest has gone, the attraction has gone, you need to sit down and talk about it. And I think, of course, getting some professional help can really, really be useful to get you talking about your relationship and what, what, what do you want and what have you missed. Um, so it, it requires... A lot of talking and a lot of other things that we'll probably get into as, as our, our conversation continues. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a short break, but when we come back, I also want to talk about, we, we, you just for a second touched on, um, you know, chemistry and yes. um, attraction. And when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Like, do you think that there are people, you, I mean, obviously there are some people we're more attracted to than others. Can you, do you believe that chemistry can be something that we can grow into? Listeners, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is life, don't miss it. More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723. Or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. With the power of Powell, you'll love the skin you're in. Noticing fine lines and wrinkles, increased anxiety and fatigue, skin laxity, or stubborn areas of fat that just won't budge despite your efforts? What is your body trying to tell you? Get to the root of the aging process and back to the best version of you. Jennifer Powell offers Botox, Sculptra, volume restoration, laser hair removal, body contouring, and skin tightening. It's a fresh start with the power of Powell, because with Jennifer, beauty is more than skin deep. Visit her new location at 222 Webster Street in Hanover, just off Route 3. Call 781-421-6544, or visit her at jlprn.com today to schedule your complimentary consultation. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. It's vital for dogs of all ages to have an understanding of socially acceptable behavior. And the folks at A Fox and Hound Harborside understand just that. The dedicated staff is well-trained in a variety of services to enrich your pooch's well-being. A Fox and Hound Harborside offers puppy socialization and enrichment programs to help your new furry friend learn commands and leash behavior. Located on Lincoln Street in Hingham, call 781-385-7369 today. A Fox and Hound Harborside, where dogs go to find their direction. Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafoods, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. It's a loud, complicated, ever-changing world, and it's easy to get distracted or overwhelmed. A coach is a thinking partner who helps you cut through the clutter. That's where Alana Shake, trained executive coach, comes in. She can help you solve a tricky problem, get unstuck when you feel stagnant, and identify real priorities. When you're surrounded by noise and hassle, Alana works with people at all stages of life and career to help them find their own purpose and build a life that's true to that purpose. Learn more about her coaching at thisworldneedsbrave.com today. This is life, don't miss it. Now for more talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back and welcome back, Dr. Diana. Thank you, Francesca. So before the break, I asked you that I think this is a, a very um, interesting thing that you hear all the time, well, there was just no attraction, right? And, um, you know, no matter how much the person, one is attracted and the other isn't, that you can't, you can't become attracted. So my question to you is, can, is chemistry something you can actually grow into? So are you talking about a couple that's been together a long time and then they've lost the zest? No, no. I'm oh, talking are you about talking like about new new couples. I'm talking about new other. couples. They meet. That you know they have a you know great connection, but there isn't the sexual uh, chemistry um, on the part of one. Rather, you know what I'm saying. So not so if the, obviously both of them had no sexual chemistry then there'd be nothing there they'd just be friends but what if one person has a sexual interest and the other does not is the, the person who doesn't have that sexual interest in that person or doesn't feel that chemistry can that person grow into having chemistry i guess this would be my sometimes question. It, it, sometimes really you know there is um there's a phenomenon that <laughs> Kevin is looking common. at me. My producer's looking at me. He's rolling his his eyes. <laughs> who, who your producer is? Yeah, yeah. Kevin is like rolling his eyes over there. Yeah, because I don't believe you can. But anyway, go ahead. You don't believe you can? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think you either are attracted, and um, or you're not. And I'm not even so sure being super attracted is always the healthiest. You know, I I just uh, just divert for a second. I have an old friend and. And uh, she, uh, her mother is a, you know, absolute narcissist. And she would often say, all I know is when I meet a guy who's a narcissist, I swear, he, it, jump me must be on top of my forehead because it's just like I have to have him. You know, so it's like there is this, this familiarity or something that, you know, her mother was a narcissist. She meets narcissistic men and she wants to be with them sexually. So I don't think that's a good thing. Um, uh, no, it's it's not particularly healthy because mm -hmm. narcissists are so typically so self-involved and entitled, and they and they do not generally make very good partners. Uh, but, they're, but, they're but, not, well, yeah. They have trouble with empathy and with compassion. But I think I, what I was going to say is that sometimes, and this is particularly true of older couples dating, um, that there may not be. 
the the physical handsome factor chemistry factor in the beginning but then you recognize that this person has character and is intelligent and has sexual skills and so that attraction and has kindness mm. and he's fun and funny and then that attraction can build including uh, the sexual but i think it's, it is difficult if there isn't that spark. Yeah. Um, but mostly in my work, uh, the most common presenting problem is w- with couples that have been married several years and uh, one person, and it's usually the woman but not always, has a lower desire. That's the so-called discrepancy of desire. Mm-hmm. So I work a lot with those couples, and it it is possible to jumpstart the one with a lower desire, but it takes a lot of communication and homework, and that's, of course, I have all kinds of guidelines in my book, Love in the Time of Corona, and the subtitle is Advice from a sex therapist for couples in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things you can do to get things going. Like what? And some, yes. Like what? what? Like what? Well, uh, you can um, uh, talk about getting to know each other better. And that's sexually, the first or me- in sexually, my book. or or mentally. Uh, across the board, yeah. but in my first chapter, I've got a sex menu exercise, and this uh, and it, it's even an exercise that can be downloaded on my advice website, deardrdiana.com. And so the sex menu has all kinds of sexual activities that you can answer for yourself, and your partner does it for himself or herself. Uh, yes, no, maybe giver or receiver and many couples have had have trouble talking about sex they never had any models for it their parents didn't talk about it uh sex is surrounded with shame and guilt in some cases so this gives a couple a chance to talk about what they really want and need and desire because they've got a platform to get them launched for talking it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard for a lot of couples to even talk about uh, what they need and want, and it does get easier if they have an exercise like this and they take turns talking to and, each other. And you say to put sex on the calendar. That seems very, uh, you know, when I think of putting sex on the calendar, I think of couples that are having a difficult time conceiving, and they they you know have to do it during a certain time but to actually put sex on the calendar when it's just for pure joy seems a little um and it just doesn't make sense to me that you would need to do that um well yeah i get a lot of pushback just as you have with something similar to what you've just said francesca um but because uh, a lot of people say, well, doesn't that ruin the fun and spontaneity, spontaneity of sex? And, um, but honestly, you can plan a date night at home, put sex on the calendar, and within that plan, there's a lot of room for spontaneity and, and fun. In pre-pandemic days, 
we planned a night out on the town. And within that plan, there was a lot of spontaneity. Um, it helps to um, have clear intentions uh, about what you want. And I have a lot of suggestions. In fact, um, my chapter two in the book is plan your date night at home. And I think it's uh, after you put it on the calendar, it's the most likely way it's going to happen. We have two syndromes that have been with us forever. And those syndromes are D-I-N-S, which is double income, no sex. And the other syndrome <laughs> is T-T-F-S, which is too tired for sex. And they're rampant. So putting sex on the calendar is the most likely way that you're going to have sex. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And sex does not have to be intercourse. Um, there's lots and lots of outer course ideas, and I even have full body caressing exercises explained in my book. But let's get back to scheduling sex. Waiting for sex to just happen is a recipe for frustration. And it's built on the Hollywood myth that somehow when you suddenly feel this passion, and these days it's very hard to suddenly feel passion, uh, especially if you've been in lockdown with your partner for nine months, or I guess we're not up to nine months quite. But... um, so you don't, you're not going to run into each other's arms when this passion just erupts. You need to, to plan for it and set the scene. Uh, perhaps you get takeout because that's safer and then you have, uh, and you don't have to worry about cooking. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you have a good meal at home. You set the table with your best china and, and you have fresh flowers and candlelight and you, and then, so you have a nice dinner, and you talk, and you talk not about the household problems and the children, uh, but you talk about your relationship. And then when you get to the bedroom, you are going to have a lot of fun, and you've made your bedroom look really nice and inviting, clean sheets on the bed, nice lighting, good music. Maybe you take a shower together first. Or if you have a big enough bathtub, a bath together. You're setting the scene for romance and for sexuality. Do you think that a relationship that it, now on the complete antithesis, so they have this amazing sexual relationship, um, and but they don't have any kind of um, connection emotionally. Do you think that could sustain itself? No. 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 I don't think so. Okay. You know, um, I was just curious. I, I remember this was like a zillion, zillion years ago. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, actually, we had the same birthday. And um, she met a guy, mm-hmm. and they just had like the most amazing uh, sex life. But they had nothing in common. It was like, that was it. That's all they had in common was sex. I mean, but there was absolutely nothing else going on. Um, and they actually, well, he passed away a couple of years ago, but um, at kind of a youngish age. But, um, y- you know, they stayed together. They did stay together, and they did have children and grandchildren, And um, but they had nothing. They had absolutely nothing but the sex. And I just, I found that remarkable that they could have anything, that anything could really, you know, sustain itself, that it was just sex. Yeah, you know, what you aim for is to have really good emotional intimacy, and then when you have that, uh, you're much more likely to have good 
physical intimacy. But if you have good physical intimacy from the beginning, that can help you build on more emotional intimacy. You know, think of the word intimacy, mm-hmm. into me you see. Oh, and, into me you yeah, see. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we... We, we, want, uh, we want, in a relationship, we want to be recognized. We want to be seen. We want to be, you know, we long, uh, the connection, we long to be connected and to, um, to really have a, a sense that, uh, that this person accepts us unconditionally and uh, and th- and that sometimes takes some time, uh, it, you know, reconnecting, recommitting to uh, to sexual intimacy. If couples have gone a long time without sexual activity, requires getting to know your partner better. I've already talked about that, right. and not taking each other for granted, right. and that means developing gratitude muscles. I have a cha- whole chapter on gratitude, expressing gratitude, mm-hmm. and. Um, and, and the other way that you can build more physical intimacy, uh, if you've got if you've got an emotional connection, is uh, or if you want to rekindle it in a relationship, is experience pleasurable feelings slowly, and without goals such as an orgasm. Of course, absolutely. Um, we do need to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to discuss okay. um, the, your book um, emphasizes the healing power of sex, and I'd like to talk a little bit about how sex can be healing. So, listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. This is life. Don't miss it. I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terra Mia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. With the power of Powell, you'll love the skin you're in. Noticing fine lines and wrinkles, increased anxiety and fatigue, skin laxity, or stubborn areas of fat that just won't budge despite your efforts? What is your body trying to tell you? Get to the root of the aging process and back to the best version of you. Jennifer Powell offers Botox, Sculptra, volume restoration, laser hair removal, body contouring, and skin tightening. It's a fresh start with the power of Powell because with Jennifer, beauty is more than skin deep. 
Visit her new location at 222 Webster Street in Hanover, just off Route 3. Call 781-421-6544 or visit her at jlprn.com today to schedule your complimentary consultation. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafoods, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. I'm Francesca Luca and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and I am speaking with Dr. Diana Wiley, who is a sex therapist better known as Dr. Diana. For more than 30 years, she's helped thousands of couples get their sex lives back on track, and we are talking about just that, and in particular, during the coronavirus pandemic. So welcome back, Dr. Diana. Thank you, Francesca. So your book emphasizes the healing power of sex. Talk to us about that. Yeah, well, sexual activity is directly connected to our life force in two ways. First, it's procreation, and of course, this is the evolutionary purpose of sex, to propagate the species. But second, and what we think about the most, is pleasure. Uh, the, uh, we often get intense sensations that accompany sexual activity that make us feel alive. Um, I have to say that I, when I'm having delicious, which is really pretty much all the time with my <laughs> husband, delicious sex, here I am, 70-something, and I just could not possibly feel more alive. It's the, sec- the energy of sexual pleasure um, promotes healing. And it does this through the release of lots of feel-good hormones and neurotransmitters, especially oxytocin, which I talked about earlier, and lots of endorphins. And um, so this comes as a result of touch. And, uh, you know, healing, the healing is important. Sexual healing is important, and particularly at this time, and we can get it mainly through comforting touch, the touch of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can, there are so many places to touch. Uh, hair, face, nipples, navel, toes. Mm-hmm. And you can place your hand on your partner's hand and gently demonstrate what you'd like. Uh, and, uh, and you want to, when we talk about touch and being with um, a partner, you want to distinguish between sexual and non-sexual touching and communicate your intentions or desires around touch. A lot of couples that really don't want to have sex with each other anymore stop being affectionate and demonstrative completely because they fear if they're, if, if they're affectionate, 
that there that may be misinterpreted as an invitation right. to go off to the bedroom together. Yes. And so they've stopped being affectionate and demonstrative and that's then the relationship really starts to unravel. Right. So we really need touch. Right. Um, do you? I want to just shift here a little bit and talk about mindfulness. I know that you have a chapter on that. And, um, I, and mindfulness, I, I, you know, I'm a, a big believer in it. I'm just wondering if you can connect the, the dots with sex and mindfulness for the listeners. Uh, sure. Well, sex and mindfulness, we have a much better chance of of having a really good time, including reaching orgasm, or plurals, maybe many orgasms, if we're in the moment. And um, people have, now here I am in Seattle, so I see a lot of couples where, um, oh, say the husband is a software engineer, um, and so he's, he, he's very smart, and, but he's often in his head a lot, Mm -hmm. and he has more trouble getting into his body. Some women have trouble with this, too, but we we bear the children, and so we we often are a little, and we have monthly periods, and so we're often a little more in touch with our bodies. But it's very important to get out of your head and into your body, and if during sex you find yourself, your mind wandering, now a woman's, a woman has a bigger corpus callosum, that's the connecting tissue between the right and left hemisphere of the brain. And so, and that was designed from an evolutionary point of view, perhaps, because if a woman's having sex and she has a baby, she has to also be able to hear the baby cry uh, during sex. Well, she's multitasking. Uh, She's going from her right to the left hemisphere. Right. Of her brain. Mm-hmm. And even if she doesn't have a baby anymore, she's, she maybe doesn't really want to be there uh, completely. So she is thinking about something else. Or the guy is thinking about his work and he can't get out of his head. So you've got to get out of your head and into the moment. So I suggest a couple of things. One is seeing those extraneous thoughts going, leaving like they're on a, on a, um, a tread, um, conveyor belt, uh-huh. leaving your brain, slowly leaving, or seeing a stop sign. Just stop and go back to center and how it feels to be touched by your partner or whatever that your partner is doing. Get back to the center. And it takes practice, but it's about being in the moment. Right, right. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Diana Wiley, better known as Dr. Diana. She actually has a column, DearDrDiana.com. So if you have questions, you can email her. Um, So, Dr. Diana, I want to talk a little bit here about... um, sex getting better with age. I mean, a lot of uh, people are in their um, 50s and older are getting divorced and, and you know, or are widowed. So do you think that it's harder for those people to um, have a good sex life, or do you think, what do you think about that? Well, <clears throat> it can be harder because older people often, especially if they're not healthy, Mm-hmm. have a lot of sexual dysfunctions, mm-hmm. right. uh, erectile dysfunction for the man, right. and, uh, and painful intercourse for the woman, especially if she's menopausal or postmenopause. And mismatched and levels of desire as well. I'm sorry, what did you say? And also mismatch, mismatched levels yeah, of desire, yeah. right? But, 
Right. It, it can be, of course. But um, I'm also a gerontologist. I've studied uh, sexuality and aging since the early 90s. I worked with a doctor in Palo Alto, and we um, did these studies, and they were later published in medical journals. So I've been aware of aging and sexuality, and now I'm actually practicing it since I'm now <laughs> an older person, a senior having great sex. Now, it was sometime after 50, and Gail Sheehy talked about this in her famous book in the 70s, Passages, there's a crossover effect sometime after 50 where women become more direct and take charge, more assertive. Women become more assertive. They don't have to apologize anymore for their eroticism. They know themselves. They know what they want. They become more assertive. And men, the crossover effect, become often more romantic. They slow down. If they had premature ejaculation in their youth, they often don't now. Uh, and they take time, and they're more interested in the emotional life of their partner. Maybe they weren't so much interested when they were younger. I'm generalizing a lot. but So there can be a lot of pluses for older sexuality. Perhaps a couple is more differentiated. They know themselves. They can, they, they can function quite well as an individual, but they can also merge. They, you know, they, can, they know the difference between want and need. Ideally, they should be able to say, you know, I want you even more than I need you. I can live without you, but I can live better with you. Mm -hmm. And so you're clear about what you want, your intentions. You can be very happy with outer course, everything but inner course, all of these all of these places that you can touch from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. So there are couples that, that do that, or they get some sexual medicine help, and then they can have intercourse. Uh, estrogen for women, uh, replacement, it can be topical. Mm -hmm. This is, of course, she needs to see her doctor and get a, a blood test to see where her sex hormones are. Same for a guy. So there are lots of things that older people can do medically that will help them still function. But, of course, the, the bottom line is they do need to be basically healthy. Mm -hmm. um, but, but then the nice thing is that having sex can help with the health. Uh, a lot of studies over the years have, have shown that um, sex with a partner can, um, can help the body release more of these oxytocin things and all of these hormones that are really good for you. Right, right. So when we talk about older couples and people who have like maybe been married for a long time and that they are now widowed and so they've been with the same person forever. So I'm wondering what steps um, that these couples can take to be more confident um, with engaging in sexual activity. But before you answer that, we do need to take a short break. So listeners, stay with us here. Okay. We will be right back. This is life, don't miss it. This is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tide specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. 
on a warm day. Enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit tidesnahant.com. It's vital for dogs of all ages to have an understanding of socially acceptable behavior. And the folks at A Fox and Hound Harborside understand just that. The dedicated staff is well-trained in a variety of services to enrich your pooch's well-being. A Fox and Hound Harborside offers puppy socialization and enrichment programs to help your new furry friend learn commands and leash behavior. Located on Lincoln Street in Hingham, call 781-385-7369 today. A Fox and Hound Harborside, where dogs go to find their direction. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. The talk continues on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and I'm speaking with Dr. Diana Wiley, better known as Dr. Diana. She is a sex therapist, and if you are stuck at home with your partner, you can relieve pandemic stress with sensual and sexual pleasure, she says. Welcome back, Dr. Diana. Thank you, Francesca. So, so. Uh, yes. Yeah, so there are a number of people, you know, it, it seems to me that more and more and more um, people are getting divorced later in life and they're, you know, becoming widows or widowers. And these people have um, the, have been with the same person for a long, long time. So, you know, it's going to be a little challenging to uh, feel that same level of confidence and comfort um, and so, um, what steps could a person take to become a more confident lover? I guess would be my question. Oh, okay. Well, of course, uh, my my book is really a lot about reconnecting and recommitting, and 
uh, getting to know your partner better. As I said, that's my first mm-hmm. chapter. Yep. Um, and I think, too, that many people during this time in, in a relationship, and especially older people, they're feeling grief. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, we, I believe it's possible to leverage grief into a heartfelt desire to really experience your aliveness. There's fear of loss, maybe fear of death, perhaps, yes. Mm -hmm. So I talk about moving those fears to moving into those fears to discover what really matters to you. The question is, what am I losing, is another way of asking what makes my life worth living. Um, my, uh, I was a widow, um, going back 20 years, I was suddenly widowed and it was so unbelievably, uh, it was just such a shock. Mm-hmm. And, um, so one of the, one of the things that I got really in touch with is, um, that we, we need to, uh, not take anything for granted, that life is uncertain. And my new mantra became, carpe diem, damn it. <laughs> You've got to make the most of what you have. Yeah, you and do. you will feel more alive at, when you do this. And, and some, again, sometimes couples can really benefit. I, no, not sometimes. I think all the time. They can benefit from getting some professional help. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to, because these are these are delicate and deep matters. They sure are. Um, you you know you touched upon gratitude there for for uh, split yes. second, right? And I mean I think that's a you know I always say you can't be grateful and unhappy at the same time. Um, you know I yes. actually had Dr. Uh, Brian Sexton from Duke on the show back I don't know a couple months ago and um, you know at the end of every day I get an email at seven o'clock at night I get an, an, an email a text that said what three good things happened today and you know what I love that it really like you know whatever kind of mood you're in it's going to shift it think of three good things and, and it's really interesting how you know you don't all you're not always in the mood for that sometimes it's like oh this is fun oh yeah this 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 happened if you have a great day well what if you had a crappy day you have to think a little deeper but if you are grateful it does make a difference, wouldn't you say so? Oh, absolutely. And and doing the uh, that little gratitude exercise, um, which I also put in my book, uh, <coughs> before you go to sleep at night, excuse me, um, can really be useful. Um, and I have an exercise called Sweet Nothings, where a couple faces each other holding hands knee to knee, and they take turns. What I love and appreciate about you, and they take about a minute or two, and all positive. Back in the day when I was seeing clients in person, honestly, I had um, at least a couple of men doing this exercise start to cry because they had not heard positive compliments from their partner like ever, or maybe not since the very beginnings of their relationship. Yeah, well, you know, so it's I really, really think important. that I think so, and I also think that you know, when you take your partner for granted, you know, so often, you know, they'll say, you know, men, you know, that cheat more than women. Well, I don't think men cheat more than women necessarily, but you know, I don't think that men necessarily cheat because they 
are not getting sex. I, I'm not saying that that's not part of it, but there's that appreciation within the relationship. And if you don't have that, then that's, and you, you know, you just take that, that relationship for granted. I think that's when cheating occurs. It's often true. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, there have been stories about how uh, sex workers, prostitutes, will say that some men just pay them not not for sex, but just to sit and talk. Mm-hmm. And really, and uh, I've even I'm thinking about a couple of male clients I've had in the past where they actually reported that that they just there was so little emotional intimacy in their relationships right. that they that they went they went to a sex worker to just to talk and to feel recognized and and to. To feel that they matter, you know, mm-hmm. that's, we really want to feel that we matter, and, and couples can reconstruct some romance, because romance has a lot more to do with thoughtfulness and kindness and fun right. than with spending tons of money. Right. We have just about um, four minutes left, Dr. Diana, and I'm looking at your book, and in the uh, 10th chapter, you have seven secrets. So I don't know if we're going to be able to cover all seven secrets in four minutes, but um, what are those seven secrets? Yeah, the seven secrets, and I'm just opening my book because I want to be able to rattle them off quickly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first one is take care of yourself first. and. And this, of course, means taking responsibility for your own well-being during a sexual encounter. It, it helps the, the, the partner, too, because uh, if you're speaking up for yourself, your partner doesn't have to worry about your discomfort because he trusts that you'll be able to tell if there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And the second one is respect boundaries. This is a big one. Uh, respect boundaries. This is um, you want to maintain a self a safe container when the two of you are engaged in sex. Um, of course. And, you, you know, no means no. And if, if you're free to negotiate boundaries, then you can have a conversation about that. And usually doing that um, outside of the bedroom is a good idea. Communicate openly and directly. It, this is not a time for games. Talk Talk directly. It pays to be open and direct. Number four is don't take anything personally. This is very hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I elaborate on that. Focus on your partner's pleasure. I am such a lucky woman. My man, my husband says, worship your woman and the goddess will reward you. <sighs> So, uh, and he, that's sort of a tantric thing, but he believes it and does it, and I feel very fortunate, and um, yeah, worship your woman, and the goddess will reward you. The sixth point is to express gratitude, which we've just discussed. Yep, And the seventh is let go. Mm, And of course, the first six secrets help establish... um, a physically safe and psychologically healthy environment, Absolutely. which allows you to surrender, to surrender control, and to go into ecstasy. And you have to feel very safe. If there's been sexual trauma in the past, right. that needs professional work Absolutely. and help. And because 
your amygdala, where the, uh, the fear center of your brain needs to take a nap during sexual activity. Otherwise, it's impossible to let go exactly. and to really be present. All right. Dr. Diana Wiley, it has been a pleasure having you on Talk with Francesca this evening. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. All right. It's time to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you missed part of the show, you can hop on over to my iTunes page and listen to it there. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week.